So my lesson that I took from this exercise was no matter how hard you try, you're just never, I'm never going to get it right. There's no reason to start that controversy. It's unnecessary energy spent. We're running out of things to say. Uh And not just because we're in the pandemic, but does everybody really need a daily updated log of their identity? I wanted to go and bow at her feet and tell her how grateful I was. I want people to feel really good in their bodies and empowered, but I don't want the hashtag celebrity. Hello, and welcome to Shiny Objects. I'm Jamie King. And I'm Elise Mason. We're founders who also happen to be cousins and best friends. After over a decade of working together, we're pulling back the curtain and getting raw and real about the messy business of work and the reality and sometimes fantasy of what it's like to be your own boss. Hello, Jamie. Hi. Hello, Elise. How are you? I don't know about you, but I find myself each week thinking, this week has been really tough. It's hard to concentrate. I feel a little anxious and things are really weird and intense, but next week is going to be better. And then I'm proven wrong. Each week just seems to be getting crazier than the last. So that's how I'm doing. How about you? Kind of. That sort of sums it up for me, to be honest. My partner is in the middle of quarter close. He's an accountant, which essentially feels like finals week, but for multiple weeks and weekends, and it's constant and every day. And what that really means for me is that I become like a single parent (laughs) and it's tough. It's tough. So all you single parents out there, you're amazing. I don't know how anybody does this. It's really hard and I'm just tired. I'm so tired. I find myself just being like, oh my God, oh my God, (laughs) how did I do all of that? And also, why? (laughs) Why do I have to do all of this? Can I just lay down? (laughs) Oh my gosh, seriously, can I just crawl into bed and watch Netflix and just stick my fingers in my ears essentially and go, la la la? You know what? It's hard because it's not even just the stress and anxiety of the task at hand where in any other time, if it weren't COVID time, we would have a grandparent here to support and I'd probably complain a little bit, a lot less, but it's even, it's not even just that. It's, it almost feels like I can't, it's hard to be like, oh, woe is me. This is happening and I'm pissed about it or I'm struggling. I'm really underwater and I'm drowning when the world is burning <laughs> and I just feel like I kind of loathe myself because I'm having these like issues and I'm feeling so overwhelmed, but then also perspective. I know. I think it's hard when you're in the middle of it and there's, like you said, there's not a lot of outlets or relief. Yeah. Uh, yeah. My unimportant, important news is actually important news. It's personally important and it's important on a larger scale, but I'm really delighted. My mom got her first round of COVID vaccine. And that just felt like a really big thing. And it made me really excited to hear. And so I know that's really important news, but that's where I'm at. That's the news I needed to level out from this sort of stress bubble that I've been living in. Because the only other update I have for you is that I'm living in a stress bubble. 
Nobody <laughs> wants to hear that. I think everybody who's talked to me this week is probably like, oh my God, what is wrong with her? I am moody AF. <laughs> you are not alone in that stress bubble. Maybe that's part of the problem. Maybe you need some alone time in your stress bubble and you are not alone. <laughs> I am not alone. Oh, I am so happy that your mom got the first shot of the vaccine. That feels like such a weight off and so joyous. Um, yes. And she's a pharmacist, I should clarify. She was next on the essential uh, healthcare workers list in California. So yeah, it was really nice. I, I didn't expect it to happen as soon as it did. And I don't know why, as if I have any sort of insight into how all of this like is going to roll out as if I have read every report thoroughly or something, which I haven't. I don't know why. I just didn't expect it to happen so soon. And so I was really delighted that it did. Yeah. And I'm delighted for everybody, healthcare workers who are getting their vaccinations right now. That just feels, yeah, like we can breathe a little bit. And just knowing that those people are having that protection brings tears. <laughs> Oh my God. Yes. These people that have been putting their lives on the line to help others finally getting a little bit of protection that they deserve. It is crazy. It feels to me like this whole vaccine development and release cycle feels almost too good to be true. And granted, I still don't leave my house and numbers are terrible. So I realize this is not good right now, but the speed with which the vaccine got developed and then I know probably a handful of people who have already gotten their first dose personally, like your mom and then a friend who's an ER doctor. And it just, it feels so good. It feels like it's so close. I don't know when I'll get it, but it just feels like it's really happening. And I still can't quite believe that it's true. Every time I think about it, I get a renewed jolt of pleasure because I'm like oh my gosh this really is happening we really have a vaccine and it's really going into people's arms right now that's incredible I know that's how I'm feeling yeah the handful of people I know I'm just like oh my god yay and they're all like nurses doctors it's it's that kind of thing yeah (laughs) same sentiment I I have no idea what that timeline looks for the rest of us (laughs) but I'm delighted for those people and also I heard from my in-laws that that seniors are happening real soon in Arizona also. Oh, good. That feels really good. It feels like a big win. We need every win. <laughs> it's funny. Maybe this is my unimportant, important news. I hadn't planned to tell you this, but speaking of wins that we need, <laughs> um, on my run this morning with Christina, who I run with a couple mornings a week, we both told each other these things that were essentially unimportant, important news. They were so mundane, like she's getting a new garage door. And I was like, my dishwasher's still broken, but damn, if my partner isn't really good at washing dishes. When he washes dishes, they are so clean. I have never seen dishes this clean before, ever. Can you please send him over here? Yeah, he works some magic with dishwashing. I am not fired from dishwashing yet but I'm working on getting fired so I don't want to get fired from that (laughs) he's letting me do it but I get criticized for my results (laughs) oh I would love to get fired from that I would be like oh yes I accept I resign (laughs) yeah I know but we had this moment where we're like wow this is what late stage pandemic life is like we're literally talking about a garage door and (laughs) clean water glasses <laughs> <laughs> where we landed <laughs> yep 
so yeah, I feel like my life is unimportant, important news and these little victories just, they end up being really little. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, I feel that. And I think that's so funny because I honestly on a run this morning told people like what Colby didn't and did eat for dinner the last three (laughs) nights. (laughs) That felt, you know, like something. I don't know. Yeah, (laughs) I don't know. Because otherwise I'm like, what have I done this whole last week? Oh, I've been a parent and I cleaned a kitchen and I've made a bunch of meals. And I'm really tired, you guys. Oh, I did laundry. Like, what else? You know, there hasn't. <laughs> it's just been like, oh, and I work. And that's that's what I've done. And I've gone on runs. And uh, yeah. And I'm just trying to stay with my head above water. And yeah. yeah. I haven't I slept like, a whole oh, lot. Cool story, bro. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. And it's weird because my life is so painfully mundane. And then, meanwhile, democracy is being overthrown. Just just a hop, skip, and a jump away. And that disconnect also feels immobilizing. Yes. Like, how can, these, how can all of these things be true at once? And I'm so anxious, and I'm still sitting here on the same couch in the same sweats that I've been wearing every day for 10 months now. <laughs> yes. The disconnect feels, <laughs> yeah, it, it feels too real. It's, I don't know. It's just, we're so limited and we're just staring at the same things every day. Are we all in this? There's definitely some parallel reality, reality happening right now. Another friend of mine is convinced that we're basically in a version of the Truman Show and there's some game maker that we can't see off stage who's just pressing random buttons. Pandemic. Insurrection. <laughs> Let's see what these foolish little pawns do now. I would like to believe that sometimes because then everybody who's trying to be famous, then you could just be like, you all are. You can stop trying. We're all a character. I'm feeling really ranty towards the wannabe celebrity situations right now. And I've talked about this too many times before. I freaking love reality TV. And I understand that most people go on that stuff because they want to be a celebrity of some sort. They want Insta fame. (laughs) And I even know that there's that's a whole influencer vibe, right? You get this kind of micro fame. I don't know why. It's just bugging the crap out of me lately. I, oh, this is unimportant, important news. I don't even know if I want to share this because I hate myself for it, but whatever. (laughs) I watched an episode of the newest, I believe, season of The Bachelor last night. I just needed to put something on in the background, mind-numbing. I was doing some work that didn't take super brain power, and I was just so exhausted. And I was like, okay, I need to find something that I can just have on. And I don't know. There's just all this stuff in that show that makes me hate humanity and then makes me really mad at people that are just trying to, I don't know, have their 10 seconds of fame. There's so much insincerity and annoyance and anyway there's this dumb woman who goes on and just it's like attention seeking from the very beginning and she's starting fights and I'm sure it's part of the production but also it's just so annoying (laughs) I just want to be like this is what you're willing to do you want to stoop this low just to be famous (laughs) 
I don't know. And then there's the stupid shit where, you know, this other this other person who I think was on The Bachelor or Bachelorette, I can't remember, who I somehow follow on Insta, somehow, I'm sure I followed them myself. I clicked the follow button, whatever. He posted this video of his girlfriend. She's standing on a balcony in their beautiful home in Malibu or something. I don't know. And she's in this stance with her knee popped and she's got her coffee cup and she looks so serene. And nobody stands like that to drink their coffee, first of all. You just don't stand like that. Who stands like this? So that's my first reaction. And then this wave comes and she gets this faux surprise. It's not real, right? As the wave crashes and the water comes into her coffee cup and she has this super just silly reaction to it. And it's, oh, salt water with your coffee. And it was definitely staged. It was definitely dumb. And I think her coffee cup was probably empty and it made me so mad. And I was like, okay, you've got a serious thing going on right now because everybody doing shit like that is driving me crazy. So that's where I'm at. <laughs> so maybe oh, I should stop watching goodness. reality TV because I think it's making me feel a little bit crazy. <laughs> um, a, I love these rants. And B, I feel like what you just said, I think it was, definitely staged definitely dumb that pretty much sums up the entire instagram ethos for me <laughs> yes. i just watched literally a 10-part series let's just call it somebody's ingrown hair and i watched it because i kept thinking something interesting is actually going to happen other than the fact that you have one of these who has never had an ingrown hair and if you haven't that's way more interesting than this <laughs> I was like, I hate you for showing 10 part series of this. How vain are you? And also how dumb is this? There was no point to it. It was literally to show you this tiny ingrown hair, 10 different ways and 10 different times. And I wanted to write back, but I can't because it just, it wouldn't be right. There's no reason to start that controversy. It's unnecessary energy spent. And also I should have just stopped watching the content. But I just wanted to write back, nobody cares. This is so dumb. You're wasting your energy. And also this just makes you look so vain. I don't care about your ingrown hair. We all get them. Right. Welcome to being an adult with hair, with body hair. Or these posts that are like, hey, everybody, I have leg hair. And you're like, wait, what? What is this? Is there something else I'm missing here? And then it'll be like this whole post revealing to you that they have leg hair too. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> you're a moron. Anyways, see, I need to just, woof, I've been on this soapbox lately. Oh my goodness. Why does everyone feel like they need to take up so much space about stupid shit? We can't all be famous. Mm -mm. And do you want to be famous? Because... I don't want to be famous. No, I think being famous sounds like one of my worst nightmares. It sounds like loneliness to me. Mm, yeah. And I feel like I would always be on edge of people's intentions. And I just, I want to make a mark in terms of I want to impact other people's lives. And I often have this hope and Sometimes that imposter syndrome of I'm not doing enough or I don't do anything at all. But I think there's this, you know, part in me that if I can 
inspire teachers to teach and find their voice and give people that strength and confidence through movement and whatever it is. Okay, maybe I can really make a mark there. I want people to feel really good in their bodies and empowered, but I don't want the hashtag celebrity. Oh my God. Yes. And something I think about all the time with these celebrities and faux celebrities is that I saw this list. It was one of those dumb New Year's list. It was like, think about these things when you're creating your intentions for the year or whatever. But one of the items really stood out to me and it shifted some of my thinking, which is that in a hundred years, you'll be forgotten. It doesn't matter if you're like Kim K. It doesn't matter if you're Kim K or if you're nobody, you will be forgotten in a hundred years. And that to me just reinforces why the fuck would you work so hard to be this faux celebrity when the impact that you're able to have is much more like what you're describing, where maybe small, maybe huge impacts that you have on the people directly around you or in your universe that end up creating ripple effects for their loved ones or their communities, passing it forward is a way, that to me is a way more compelling way to think about my time here and how to make the best use of it than trying to show the world my fucking ingrown hairs and become famous <laughs> for it. Yeah. And and I think that's so much more beautifully said. I think about this often, right? Because I, with somebody with an active social presence, when it's an important thing for marketing and all, and, and I 100% understand that. And actually, I think it is such a great way to also have a voice and a platform. And so I'm not discounting that. I think where I'm struggling so much with this stuff right now is that I want to make a mark and I want it to be with full sincerity and I want to help. I want to help other people fall in love with movement and feel really empowered in their bodies. That to me feels like a lane that I can be in and that I can, you know, feel really good about myself at the end of the day if somebody feels really good about themselves <laughs> from something that either a teacher training or a class I've taught or whatever. And... I think where I struggle is that I will get notes or something from somebody that say, oh, you're famous on here. And I'm like, no, I'm not at all. I can walk down any street and people do not know me. And that is totally fine. But also it's said sometimes in a way where it makes me feel really icky. And then I'm like, am I sharing the things that I really want to be sharing? Am I actually contributing to making that mark? And I get so conflicted <laughs> all the time because I think in an episode we did on the activist with Kate, she talks a lot about that energy putting into teaching and things and not wanting to make it this pissing contest or popularity contest. I don't want it to be all about me. I want it to be about the practice and the movement. And so I think sometimes that stuff gets lost. And then because if I'm sharing images of myself, because that's what I have, that's the content that I have. I'm not taking pictures of strangers all day long, especially right now. I get this really weird feeling sometimes like that vanity, like I just, I don't want it to feel that way to others. And so I'm always so wary of, am I just projecting all this crap onto people? And is this what they're thinking of me? And I, and then I just get paralyzed. And then I stop posting or I stop engaging because I'm like, oh God, am I doing it? Am I becoming that person? Whereas I want to say things and I want them to have some meaning behind them. And I want to show things to inspire others and not just be a pure vanity project. Because yeah, I just, that's not really where my interests lie. And the thing my mind has really been occupied with lately. Oh gosh. It's so validating to hear you say that because 
I think of you as being so good at Instagram. I, I mean that in the nicest way possible and not <laughs> in like your in, ingrown hair picking wannabe famous person, but in a, you connect with people, you're like super active and engaged. And I think really use the platform in a way that highlights the best aspects of what social media has to offer us instead of the worst ones. And I also feel really paralyzed all the time by Instagram. I way overthink what it means to show up there and how. And I think what I keep coming back to is that this whole, the whole thing is built around identity. No matter what you're posting about, somehow it always seems to have to be reflected through your personal identity. And I don't mean you specifically, anyone who's on Instagram. No, totally. Yeah. And so it becomes really hard when you're like, I want to talk about all these things, but I always have to talk about it in the context of myself. (laughs) Or that's what it feels like the imperative is. And I get so fucking bored talking about myself. I don't want to... And I think that's part of where this really boring content comes from. Like, I have leg hair, or look at my (laughs) hair. (laughs) Like, we're running out of things to say. Uh And not just because we're in the pandemic, but does everybody really need a daily updated log of their identity? I don't. I'm not interested in that or performing it for the public. Yeah. And yes. 100%. I'm in the same struggle as you. There's stuff that I want to share because it makes me happy or it makes me laugh or there's that feel good stuff that I'm just like, oh, I want my friends or people in my network to see this because it'll hopefully brighten their day a little bit or brighten my day. And then there's stuff that I'm like, I want to share this because it feels like it's on the same road to empowering others. I feel like this is a great way to just inspire and I know you have to be redundant with that kind of messaging to make it stick. And so I always am like, okay, I understand this, the point of this, and I understand the point of that. But then there's these moments I have where I'm not without opinions on serious things. I stay up to date and I feel very passionate about a lot of topics. But I also feel like a lot of times you're expected to stay in one lane. Mm -hmm. And so I struggle with that because I have never been good at niching down. We had an investor... (laughs) tell me that I had a story problem. And ever since I was a kid, I used to be in every activity. My mom would be like, you need to pick something. You can't do everything. I've always had that problem. I pretty much had a full-time dance schedule, swim team and diving team all at the same time. And then I got this interest in horseback riding. And she was like, okay, horses are expensive. It takes a lot of time. And actually, I didn't just want to do horseback riding. I should actually tell you, I wanted to do vaulting, which is like gymnastics (laughs) on horseback because I saw that movie, I think Wild Hearts can't, or something like, something hearts can't be broken. Oh yeah, I remember that movie. She takes a horse off a diving board and it's insanity. I don't even know if that's humane. Sorry, horses. I have no idea. But anyways, (laughs) I wanted to do vaulting, of course, gymnastics on horseback. My mom rode horses. And so she was, I think, excited to share that with me. But of course, I wanted to do it to the extreme. And I enjoyed the horseback riding. But then when she gave me the option that I had to just do horseback riding and vaulting, or all of the other things too, I couldn't niche down. So just that's my example. I've never been able to niche down. I've always had a lot of interest in activities and things that I want to do. Yeah, I think it's really hard. It's this really fucked up conundrum, I think, that Instagram imposes on us. Literally, our podcast is becoming me bitching about Instagram, and I apologize, everyone. But <laughs> I know this is so um, funny. <laughs> <laughs> there's this sense of, like you said, niching down, focusing on super specific lanes, 
But then when big things happen, say when George Floyd was murdered or when the insurrection happened, all of a sudden there's this imperative to speak up about all those things. And then it becomes this litmus test. People feel like they have to put in their two cents. I don't want to hear everyone's two cents. I don't know that necessarily everyone needs to have an opinion or share their opinion about big things that happen. Yes. And then because their page is about their identity, whatever two cents they're offering to the world is filtered through their personal experiences. And I feel like you end up with some really fucking weird takes on big world events. Like, as a person with leg hair, I too have been discriminated against. So therefore, I am outraged about police murdering Black people, and I have a unique perspective that will clutter your feed right alongside my 10-part series on my ingrown hair. Yeah, yes, 100%. The other balance that's really interesting and hard to strike, because I know, for instance, I know you personally, and I know that you have a lot of opinions, and you are also very active (laughs) um, and engaged but you might not necessarily be posting every day articles or your own opinions on every subject, every word, while you might be doing work that people might not see on social. And I know that about you. And I don't want it to always have to be this performance where I'm having to show every little thing that I do. My partner and I donate money. We've donated time. We have a lot of discussions and there's just there's things that go on here inside our house that I just don't feel like I need to display for others to see. And I feel like there's this pressure to do that. But then there's also on the other side, that pressure to not say anything at all. (laughs) And just be like, I share fitness. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, no, because I can't just do that. Because if I do that, then I'm also not using my voice to stand up. And so it's just been a murky time on social. And, And there's some people that do it really well. And I have a lot of respect. And then there's some people who are really missing the mark and just making me feel extra crazy, like your stupid Mm -hmm. coffee cup and your stupid ways. (laughs) Anyways, and not that entertaining content is bad because I love to laugh and I love when people go out of their way to make you laugh and do something that's quirky and funny and interesting. And I'm here for that stuff too. I'm not a total Scrooge about it all. It's those, these vanity posts or these, yeah, look at my freaking ingrown hair. And I'm just like, okay, stop it. Or the mind-blowing announcement, guys, here's a big reveal. I just need you guys all to know, and I've never told anyone before, I have arm hair. (laughs) You need that stuff. And your brain is like, wait, is this this actually, it's like headlines, right? It's like the news these days. It's like, why is this news? Why is that news? Why are you trying to tell me to eat food and drink water and sleep at night. Oh my goodness, I know. Looking at you well and good. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to call you out in every episode. It's just going to be, we hate well and good and we hate Instagram. That's what this podcast is now. (laughs) Yeah. I think what we were really going to talk about today, (laughs) yeah, things that we opt out of. And I think we had a big opt out and also just clearly both having some crisis over. And I think the reason we sort of got prompted into this, there's a few reasons, but one of the reasons (laughs) that we were literally just doing is going through uploading insurance certificates and going through our numbers for our business and filling out 
form. Basically, the worst part of owning a business. The absolute worst, in my opinion. It's the thing that I will put the task in my inbox and I will bury it somehow. I will find a way for it to disappear, even though it nags at me. And then I feel like I'd go to actually take action on them, like the insurance thing. And I end up somehow in a worse place than when I started. I feel like those kind of forms and bureaucracy always send me down these like weird holes. And then I'm like this tornado of nothing happening and I do it wrong somehow. And I'm just like, oh my God, why is this so hard? This should not be hard. <laughs> it should not be hard. I know. And it's, there's all this corollary damage. You're like, okay, I just need this certificate of insurance. And, but then you have to find your NAICS number in order to know that. You have to know your DUNS number and you can't log into the government website that has your number. And then you go through this password recovery process that doesn't work. Anyway, it's never just a one and done thing. It always leads you into these dead end frustrating places. Yes. And it sucks up an incredible amount of time that you already so didn't have. Time. And then you're just like, what did I do today? Oh, I was doing a search for this number that I don't even know what it means, but I know I have to put it in the form. <laughs> ah. <laughs> Sometimes you feel like you're the only adult. That's how I think of my son. He gets to play and I'm doing the dishes. That's how I feel sometimes where I'm like, everybody's like doing these things and I'm sitting here trying to call the insurance provider or the bank. It feels like I'm just hitting dead ends. That is the part with the business that is never my favorite place to be and never my strength. And I don't think that it ever will be because I have... Well, part of it is because I just won't let it. Yeah. And you know what? Let me tell you, it's not even worth trying to get better at it because last year I decided that 2019 was going to be the year when I had our business's bureaucratic T's crossed. So I like made myself this master list of all the places our business has to be registered for like with various agencies, et cetera, all the deadlines and things that I was aware of or had ever heard of. God bless <laughs> like, you. <laughs> made myself calendar reminders and tried to document everything so that I could just do it without going down those crazy dead end rabbit holes. And then just last week, actually, I had a calendar reminder to renew with some agency with the city of Portland. So I go online to do that and I cannot find the thing that I'm supposed to renew. So I finally called them and God bless them. They were so helpful. But Basically, after many phone calls, it turned out that we didn't have to file that thing. <laughs> and I was oh. like, cool, I just spent half of my work day doing nothing. So my <laughs> lesson that I took from this exercise was no matter how hard you try, you're just never, I'm never going to get it right. <laughs> uh, yep. <laughs> That's a great lesson because I feel that so hard and it's so funny because there's just nothing else you can even say about it no matter what you do it's just that kind of stuff is always it's always more challenging than it should be over the, the summer we had a lot of unemployment forms coming our way and not because people were claiming it on us but when they filed with other jobs that they hold so like instructors who have other work right and COVID happened and I feel like that was this process of just filling out form after form checking the right boxes and trying to remember just to put the damn thing back in the mail was hard enough because they're all time sensitive. And sometimes I would get duplicates and I would be so confused because I would be like, didn't I already do this? 
And then I would just end up filling it out again because I would fear that if I didn't, I was like, oh my God, so much bureaucracy. Isn't there an app for this yet? (laughs) I know. We have so many useless apps and services. And can't the tech bros just help us manage the bureaucracy of running a business? I would pay good money for someone to manage that for us. Not even to do it, just to tell us what we need to do and make it easy. Totally. Yep. That's what we need. We need some more service. Help. Help. What else would you opt out of if you could? Like dishes and insurance. Besides <laughs> insurance, yes. Yeah. I opt out of ever having to deal with the insurance company to get documents. One of those things that I would love to forever opt out of is group meal ordering. <laughs> I <laughs> cannot tell you how much I dislike having to like order food for a group of people and make those decisions on their behalf. There is nothing I like less than that pressure of trying to figure out what other people want to eat. And that is so silly, but it is so true. (laughs) (laughs) Like I would rather you just order for me, right? And I will never say a word about what you ordered me other than it was delicious and thank you. Yeah, it's a lot of pressure. Yeah. And I hate it. I hate it. I hate being in charge of that. I even hate being in charge of it for my little tiny household here. So what about you? I know my example was super silly, but I think that's my mood <laughs> lately. Yeah, it's the I space think I'm in. Thing. <laughs> Those little things that really add up. This is related to your group ordering thing, but I do not like being the person to pick the movie that everyone's going to watch or the playlist or radio station we're going to listen to. That pressure to find something that will please everyone feels really intense to me. I don't want to be in charge of that. Oh, I feel that. I hate that. This happened with you guys once. It wasn't you necessarily, but we were trying to find something to watch. And there was a significant number of adults in that room. And I felt like everyone was staring at me to pick this thing that we're going to watch. And I was like, okay, fine. Nobody else wants to pick it. Fine. So I picked something (laughs) and I quite enjoyed it. And there was so much side talk and just commentary afterwards that I was like, you know what, the next time, don't put that on me if you're going to have such strong opinions about this thing that I chose. (laughs) I enjoyed it. And my partner was one of them. He was like, oh, this is what you chose? Oh, great. I was just like, okay. Okay, all of you. You I don't want to hear about it. Shut it. Because you didn't pick. So that's on you. Because I wouldn't have said a word. I wouldn't have sat there and grumbled about it. I would have just been like, okay, well, hmm. all right. (laughs) Good night, everybody. (laughs) Or I would have just got up and got another glass of wine and just watched it a little bit of a haze and appreciated it for that. I can do that. I feel like people hold that in some way against you. And I I don't like that. Maybe that's what it is. To me, it always feels really personal. Yeah. It's like, I'm like, I didn't make the movie. Yeah, I know. You're like, I didn't say this was my favorite movie in the world. I just picked something to get a result of watching a movie. (laughs) Since being married, I have opted out of any sort of dead animal situation. (laughs) I saw this woman. I was at the park with my dog. I saw her go and take a poo bag and pick up a dead rodent and put it in the garbage like the boss citizen that she is. And I wanted to go and bow at her feet mm-hmm. and tell her how grateful I was because then my dog won't go sniffing in. You don't have to go through that whole 
thing in your head of what if. And even just the removal, her just confidently going down, taking the poo bag, wrapping it in her hand and picking that rodent up and throwing it away. I was like, yes, girl, (laughs) thank you. You are amazing. And I just wanted to celebrate her. And she had no idea probably that I was watching her do this, but I felt so grateful. And if it weren't COVID, I might've run up and just hug her maybe after she washed her hands because rodents, dead rodents. Not oh, my she jam. Was a good citizen. Such a good citizen. I was so appreciative Bravo. of that. Bravo I am not that brave. <laughs> I'd be afraid it would just come back to life. I always have that fear. <laughs> I still sometimes do think that sea creatures, scary sea creatures that have not been discovered, live in my drain. I have a wild imagination. <laughs> I think I told you this story, but I found a cockroach in my closet and my partner was out of town. <laughs> <laughs> normally I would have just made him deal with it but he was out of town so I was like okay I'm gonna be a grown-up I'm gonna get this done and I trapped it under a big clear plastic bin like a big Tupperware storage bin and I just left it there in my closet I left it for over 24 hours and then it was just belly up it looked dead and it was like I am not convinced this cockroach is dead. And even if it were dead, there's no way in hell I'm picking that shit up and putting it outside. No. And the bin was too big to do the like, you know, slide the paper under trick and transport it that way. So I, true story, my nanny was there and I called my dad and I was like, dad, I need you to come over and help me with this because I am apparently not a grown up. And so my dad came over. <laughs> he's like oh no problem like he doesn't get grossed out by stuff like that and my nanny was like oh yeah he was excited to participate in the cockroach removal um oh. and like, it was hilarious that I had left it <laughs> like, for, like almost two days just like <laughs> so I was like okay you guys deal with that and I'll be at the other end of the house guarding the children and <laughs> then I hear a bunch of shouting from my closet and lots of excitement and rustling or scuffling. And it turns out the cockroach was alive, but it faked them out. So they took the thing off of it and then it jumped to life and scurried away. So they had to chase it down and then smash it. Ooh. And oh. I was like, don't you dare put that carcass in my trash can because it will probably come back to life. Like <laughs> down the block and put it somewhere down there where it'll go to someone else's house first. <laughs> It's like the birthday candles, the trick candles. You come back. <laughs> it's like the never-ending surprise. I'm still here. Yeah. I, I see. I I feel that. That's why I don't. I do not fuck with the dead animal thing. <laughs> nope. Can't do it. And I, I think that was even something I said was part of the contract of our marriage. <laughs> was like, <laughs> okay, so you want to be married? Here's a contract. I don't deal with dead animals. Can't do it. I like wish that I was a bigger person about it. And I wish that I was brave, but I am not. And that is just a fact. I've come a long way with dealing with spiders and other creepy crawlies. But when it comes to cockroaches, I am on permanent opt out. And I don't care what lengths I have to go to, to not deal with a cockroach, but I will do them. The one thing that I haven't done in a really long time, and I just want to completely opt out of is nail cutting. I'm still traumatized from when he was a baby the first time I did it I was like oh this is easy no problem then the next time I went to do it it was like four out of ten of his fingers were bleeding and I was like I can't do this I can't do it look what I've done making him bleed makes me feel so many things (laughs) 
Yeah, you don't want to make your kid bleed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess that's obvious. What kind of monster would I be? Uh, like, yeah, I made his finger bleed. <laughs> or I don't care. It's fine. No big deal. But <laughs> just some blood. Grow up, kid. Well, on the personal grooming front. I refuse to get the boogers out of my dog's eyes. And I love picking my kids' noses. I love getting their personal orifices clean. <laughs> With the dog, that is gross. I will not touch those. <laughs> I don't know why, but I, I get so satisfied by removing those from Abby's eyes. And I always have. She probably hates it because I come over and I'm like, ooh, big one. And I scoop it out. It's disgusting. It totally is disgusting. I'm disgusting. <laughs> Thanks for joining us for another episode of Shiny Objects. If you enjoyed it, we would so appreciate you leaving a rating and a review on your podcast platform of choice. And please check out our sister podcast, The Activist. That's active with an E-I-S-T. Thanks for being here and see you next time.